Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. A very good morning, as it still is here uh, at America's National Park of Speed. Just uh, 10 minutes uh, of the pre-noon to go here. A little bit more overcast than it was earlier on today, but still plenty fine to go, well, free practicing, if not racing. It's a very busy Saturday today, particularly for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge runners and riders. Two practices and a qualifying for them today. They've already had practice one. That means, uh, hang on, I'll check with my fingers. Yep, it's free practice too next, and it's live here on IMSA Radio. The Michelin Pilot Challenge. On IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Let's head straight to pit lane before the green flag. Shea Adam is joining us this morning and rev <laughs> I swear you go to the teams and tell them, right, I'm on in 30 seconds. Let's uh, fire up those uh, those air guns. I want to hear that in the background. You are queuing that in uh, at the start of the sessions, aren't you? Uh, yes, yes. I am bribing teams to just fire up their air guns. Hang on. Let me see. Uh, guys, uh, fast track racing, would you mind doing some practice pit stops so we can get some more air gun sounds? Uh, I think they might oblige for us, too. Uh, pretty cool to be back down here in the pit lane for the Michelin Pilot Challenge second practice session about to kick off. And I don't think there's any rain in the forecast, but wow, it looks hazy down here. And it looks very much as if we could be seeing some wet stuff by the end of the day. We weren't supposed to. See, there, there we go. Thanks, Fast Track. Uh, appreciate them with the number 26 BMW kicking in the air guns just for the added effect for us. We did have that first practice session, and it was a BMW 123 until the very end of the session when Robin Liddell laid down a blitzed lap that was three quarters of a second faster anything than anything else we had seen. So very good effort by the Rebel Rock crew trying to get another win here at Road America and another win for their Chevy Camaro before we lose that car next year. But as far as TCR was concerned, it was an Audi on top, then a Honda, but this track has been dominated as far as the race is concerned for the last two years by the Alpha. So we really do have strength in numbers from all of our competitors. Uh, track surface laid down last October and November being a talking point here. It's rubbering up, it's getting quicker. We blitzed lap record times in that first session in uh, uh, the two categories here. Even with the limited amount of direct sunshine, that darker color to the track surface has now warmed up to 86 Fahrenheit, that's 30 Celsius. It's still just 22 Celsius in the air, which is 72 Fahrenheit. Actually, that's a little bit chillier than it was earlier. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't at 22 say chilly, uh, particularly not for those of you back in the UK and Europe at the moment. It's not warm. It's not cold. No, Cheer. no. It is not cold. I'm not having that. 
Not at the moment. We've just lot, lots of Europe has, ha has had a very hot July, and they're they're starting August slightly cooler and uh, d damper. Um, and Curry Cobb in uh, our main control room in London is a, wearing a jumper, so a sweater and a fleece uh, there at the moment, and that's in the control room with all of the equipment, which is normally you go to work in a sauna there normally so it must be pretty chilly in on the south banks of the river thames there in london it's it's pleasant the, the engines will like the cooler temperatures uh the tires will like the track temperature coming up so we, we might see even quicker times in this session Shay. i think we will and especially considering the more rubber that's being laid down around the surface we've now had uh the bf goodrich tires out for the Itamitsu Mazda MX-5 Cup Championship race, where they basically went two by two around the entire track for the entire race. Well, not quite, but you know what I mean. Uh, and then we had more rubber laid down with the Lamborghini Super Trofeo session. So it is a slightly different track than when we had our first practice session first thing this morning. And that's what the competitors going out now are going to learn because they're not going to get relevant track information as to what the conditions will be like for their race time. Green flag is now waving, so the car is all the way at the pit exit being told that they can take the track. Nobody leaving their pit boxes as of yet. But the race takes place tomorrow late in the afternoon. We're going to have qualifying today late in the afternoon. Yeah. But that doesn't help any of the finishing drivers now, does it? No, not well, no, no, indeed not. Uh, we have 38 cars on the entry list. The green flag waves. They are split 14 for the TCRs. These are front-wheel drive, well over 300 horsepower, um, depending on the specification that they run around the world. TCR is a global formula. Uh, four or five-door front-wheel drive cars. So there could be a four-door sedan or a five-door hatchback. Or in the case of the Hyundai Veloster. Have we got the Veloster here uh, this weekend? Yes, we... Uh, no, we haven't, have we? We have seen in the past the Veloster, which, if you look at it from the driver's side, you think, well, that can't possibly be legal because it's only got one door, one long door, and a hatchback. That'll be three doors. But actually, when you go around the passenger side, there are two doors on the passenger side, so it is a four-door. Uh, sort of snuck in under... Under the wire there. That one not here this weekend. We are all Elantras uh, for the 14 car. Uh, the Hyundai's in the 14 car TCR field. Uh, two litre turbocharged four cylinder engines uh, based on production units. And Hyundai have been very clever with that uh, two litre engine. It also formed the basis. Uh, up until recently of their World Rally Car engine uh, as well. Uh, got Alfa Romeo with the very different looking Giulietta, a small four-door hatchback with the big wide arches on it. Audi RS3 now on a, an Evo with that car. And this is the RS3 sedan. And that was the first of the major manufacturers to go to a car with a trunk with a boot on it. Uh, the clever guys at Audi told me quite a long time ago when they were looking at it that they felt that the sort of notch back of that particular design gave them some aerodynamic advantage and in fact the Mazda had we ever seen the Mazda the Mazda 3 was more than a concept first cars built I believe uh, that was going to be a sedan as well 
Also got the new Honda Civic, the FL5. Uh, FL being further through the alphabet L, further through than K, so that's the new cars. Uh, so plenty of uh, plenty of variety uh, on the field in those 14. Talk about the 24 GSs in a moment. However, Sheer Adam has managed to find a victim down in the pit lane to talk to early on. Sheer, who have you got and have they, crucially, have they been in the car in that first session? Well, and that's what we were just joking about because with Alex Rockwell, last year was a very different situation. Not many laps for you around Road America in an Audi RS3 TCR. This year, you've set that right and the smile you've got is ear to ear. How much fun is this track? Oh, I'm just enjoying. I think this is the best track we come to because it, there's so much, the high speed, the technical stuff, and uh, the people here in Wisconsin are just second to none. Um, you can see the excitement in the paddock and the crowds that we got here, and also the track food. <laughs> I was, I'm enjoying every part of it. I feel fortunate to be doing this and uh, coming up to speed, and I feel that, uh, well, I'm not saying anything. I'm not just getting anything. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to, to uh, taking the green tomorrow and, uh, and that the checkers uh, hopefully will be in a good spot. Qualifying here is important. You've got an advantage. Two cars under the Rockwell Autosport Development Group. Does you Are you thinking at all about drafting, planning, trying to do anything tricky to maybe move up the grid a little bit? No, not really. They're two independent drivers. They have different uh, ways of uh, going about uh, attacking this track. Um, as far as drafting, it's not something we want to do. I just let those guys run and uh, see where we come up with the qualifying. And uh, the race is a two-hour race this year, not a four-hour like we uh, had last year. So maybe a little bit more strategy, but I feel it's not going to be anything that we're going to be doing uh, beyond just running our two cars independently. That's very fair. We often talk about how much fun it is, how this is a family environment. Now, you've got your name on one car, your son's name on the other car. What's it like to be on the racetrack at the same time as Eric? Well, the first time we literally were on the racetrack, nose to tail, was at CTMP. And I have to tell you, it was very emotional for me in the car. Uh, Eric is a little bit faster, so he did ask to go ahead, but then by the end I caught up to him. And every time I saw that car, I knew my son was in there. And I just, you know, cherish those moments because they don't come around too often. We had a great opportunity to do this together, and there's nothing, nothing like that. I've got goosebumps now. Thank you, Alex. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, Shay. Yeah, good to hear. That's a good story from the... Uh, Rockwell Auto Developments team. Good afternoon, I can say now, to Jeremy Shaw. And uh, replete from a rather splendid dinner at the uh, lunch, rather, at the Apex Cafe. Thank you to the whole team up there who are feeding the vast majority of the IMSA staff and the uh, working paddock, uh, as well as quite a few of the teams as well. Uh, just musing with cheer there, Jeremy, with the track temperature coming up a little bit, even though we haven't had direct sunshine, and the air temperature remaining solidly uh, around about 72 Fahrenheit, which is 22 Celsius. Actually, that's a couple of degrees lower than it was this morning. This is pretty good conditions to go motor racing right now. Excuse me, John. Uh, yeah, absolutely uh, gorgeous conditions to go motor racing, isn't it, right now? Absolutely perfect. Really comfortable temperatures. Uh, you know, a little bit of a breeze, but not too bad. It's a, a 
kind of a tailwind on the front straight, so blow, blows you up the hill a little bit. Uh, it'll be, uh, of course, a headwind going down the hill towards turn five. But no, I think track conditions now are really good. I mean, they were good this morning, and uh, with a bit more rubber being laid down on the track after that big storm the other night, I think track conditions are getting better and better. And you know, we saw that stunning lap time this morning for Robin Liddell, two, four, two minutes fourteen point one six seven. The old qualifying lap record was two sixteen point zero, so almost two seconds faster. And he uh, put in a 2.15.9 pretty much first Yeah, up. on his first lap. Yeah. First flying lap was a yeah. 2.15.9. He was just about to complete his second flying lap uh, any minute now, I think, it, is Robin. He did that very was late. That was him there, wasn't He's it? just at least off, actually, and got yeah. himself a bit of space. He did yeah. that very late, literally after the chequered flag had fallen because he timed his run to the chequer pretty well and got across with about five or six seconds to go. So... Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to go find them. I, I saw various other people join mm. that. that uh, that's why I was a little bit late coming in here because I got sidetracked talking to various people in the paddock. It's so cool to be at a racetrack and actually talk to people. Yeah. And uh, by the way, the, the number 43, Stephen Cameron racing BMW that uh, Gregory Leofuge took out right towards the end of that session, having had problems earlier on. It was a throttle pedal problem that it had. A throttle pedal? Yeah, it's fly-by-wire throttle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was acting up so they changed the pedal perfect no problem so <laughs> and okay. you, you managed to find out what happened to the unitronics audi as well didn't yes. you? yes yeah that stopped that was out on track down at turn brief 13. red flag very brief red flag yeah. for that. Uh, and uh, that was simply ran out of fuel uh, the old the old problem here at road america it's uphill to this to the uh, to the pit lane which is which never really helps us as a lot of people over the years will God. tell you including Spencer Papilla, you know, it's twice to Spencer, didn't it? I, that that was for past. a win as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Spencer yeah, yeah. In, a, in a Cayman, yeah. uh, and he'd had, a, he'd had his left-hand front headlight knocked out, and we were wondering if that had caused a bit more drag, and literally on the last lap, yeah. uh, he couldn't get it home. It is uphill pretty much all the way from Canada Corner. Yeah, slight downhill, it's very slight downhill into Canada Corner, so you could coast into that, but as you come yeah. through Canada Corner, obviously the big uphill... Uh, from turn 14, but it's actually slightly uphill all the way through Billy Mitchell Corner through oh, 13 is, yeah, and yeah, up to 14. Sub substantial uh, elevation change yeah. from uh, from down at Canada Corner, which I think is the lowest po point, well, I'm sure it is, it's the lowest point on the racetrack, uh, and to the highest point, which is right here at the start-finish line. So um, We've got um, an Aston oops. Martin off, and it's Owen Trinkler, who's gone off at turn 5, uh, another one of the lower oh, parts of five. the circuit. Uh, now, has he just gone straight on there? Not seen on the static cameras. Try and get up some more uh, news for you in a moment. So this is the 64. Missing a parent, is there? Uh, TGM, Ted Giovannis Motorsport Racing Car. Two Aston Martins for those guys, 64 and 46. Long chat with uh, Owen yesterday. And uh, pretty much enjoying life at the moment. Bit of an up and down season for that uh, those two cars, but still uh, having a good time with the plums, of course, in the other car. Hugh was on fine form yesterday evening. Fine form, really was. Such good influence in the paddock. We, I said it yesterday about drivers. I'll say it again. We are very fortunate in the IMSA paddock. There's so many good characters and people. And it's very easy uh, to get into conversation 
Now, I think Owen's car has gone straight on at turn five. Maybe he was trying to get it back to the paddock. The Porsche Cayenne GTS intervention vehicle has pulled up uh, just after the turning point of turn five, and they normally put that car between the oncoming traffic and where the stationary vehicle is. And I've just seen one of our intrepid EMR safety crew running from the car down towards the cut-through, actually, at turn five. You can get into the back of the paddock there. Also, you can use that as an alternative short circuit. But you've done that with Team USA before, haven't you? Used the opposite the direction, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So coming down the hill from turn... No, no, no. no coming, coming across here... Uh, uh, but using you know, the opposite direction for that little uh, section. So coming up through so turn So coming 13, through Canada Corner and effectively coming through 13, Turn 13 and then turning right. Turning right, yeah. Wow. It's a fun little track, actually. Yeah, really good. Really, really cool track. Yeah, very good. So Which where do you pit for that? Where do you use as a pit for that? Just right there, actually. In, in that, that's where The old Skip Barber uh, right school yeah. was, was in that infield. That's where it was with Lucas Oil School of Racing. When it, so we had the pit lane just right there. Good little, yeah, nice little track though. I mean, it's a great sequence of corners. I mean, all all you miss out are two huge long straights, effectively. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was great. Yeah, really fun track. It, yeah, it's, it's such a wonderful facility here at Road America, and and uh, that's one of the configurations that can be used here. Yeah, coming up on a big anniversary in 2025, of course, 70 years. Oh, wow. 1955, the first race here. So we saw a really good lap there in in those every turn. Well, most people turn three flying laps. Diego Azar in the uh, Toyota GR Super GT4 Evo, kind of a 14. That's a uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing South America entry run by Tony Ave's team, Ave Motorsports. He was fastest at a 215.2 in that session, which is a, a really good lap. That car in the first session, it's the only Toyota in the field, a 215. Seven it did, so already found half a second has Diego in that car, sharing it, uh, it's making his debut in the championship this weekend. He was supposed to do a race last year, but for some reason didn't, and, and I can't remember why, um, because I'd, I'd done a little, little bit of research to find out who he is. He's had a lot of success in, uh, in touring cars in, in uh, South America. He's from Argentina, and uh, that's a really fine effort for him to be a 2.15.2, quicker than Matt Plum. Quicker than Robin Adele, quicker than Gregory Leofuge in the fourth position. So, ahead of some pretty illustrious names. I'm told it's right front contact all the way down the wall for the 64. And indeed, we've got some cleanup going on uh, at turn five. Still not seen the ultimate resting place of that GT4 Aston Barton. Vantage. Shea is on her way down the team uh, to find out if Owen has said something. Big braking area there, coming downhill. Easy to make a mistake or easy to get pushed offline as well if you're in company. Not suggesting that that's what happened because we don't have the evidence of that, but just putting forward a couple of different scenarios. I think I can see some witness marks through onto the, off the hard standing, the concrete hard standing there and onto the grass. Um, but if 
Owen has touched the wall with the right front. He may have done some steering damage. So at that point, you're just trying to mitigate the final stopping place and hopefully it's not up against something hard. He just turned his best lap in the session. It was a 2.16.6. He's at the moment in the uh, ninth position on the timing charts and his best time this morning was a 2.15.9, so about half a second off. The best you mentioned. The two TG team TGM cars were out uh, together this morning, 16th and 17th on the overall timing in the first of two practice sessions to get ready for qualifying, which will be tomorrow morning. Tomorrow is it's a very unusual schedule for Michelin Pilot Challenge. Just it's two days isn't isn't that unusual, but uh, Saturday and Sunday is unusual. I was just walking down the paddock with Chris Wilson who drives the, the Will Sport team, mm. the, the Capstone Motorsport entry, um, with Gary Ferreira. And Gary wasn't able to do this event because uh, he was busy on a Friday. He was expecting it to be a Friday-Saturday. And when, he, when Chris told him, actually, only recently, relatively recently, they found out it was a Saturday-Sunday event. He said, damn it, I could have done that, which is rather irritating for them. But they will be back at VAR in that uh, number 11. Many thanks to Team TGM for the candor about what happened with Owen Trinkler. They said he went to the brakes and the car just pitched itself to the left. Not sure if the hub broke or if the tire came off the rim, if there was some kind of an issue with that. But that's what speared Owen across the track. It was the front left that caused him to go off. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, looks like he's come down the right-hand side of the wall. Um, we're still waiting for that car to be recovered we'll give you some more details afterwards uh, owen is that wouldn't have been a lot of fun no that would have been no fun whatsoever jeremy you're absolutely right uh, owen the most experienced driver uh, in this championship and its previous iterations 2018 27th start 187 187 he's done yeah. 186 13 wins 24 top threes seven pole positions and a championship in 2018, which was yeah. very emotional, that he mm. confirmed at Road Atlanta, one of the first tracks that he ever went to spectate as a younger man. Yeah, and the uh, the, the, com the, the combined, well, yeah, I mean, the, the 64 and number 46 car, actually, I'm not sure whether I updated it for, for this weekend, but the combined age of the drivers in the two cars is 211, mm -hmm. uh, and the combined starts is 593. Excellent. Excellent stuff. So uh, yeah, experience is not lacking in that uh, in that gr in that group at all. Getting some more details now um, from Eric and the team here, who've got access to some of the CCTV cameras. And Owen hit Should the barrier round about the 200 marker, and rode the wall down the right hand side, way past the safety cutout. So that would suggest. Uh, a breakage and then unable to slow it down. So breaking problems of some description, uh, as the team reported as well. Um, not on the driver's side, on the right-hand side of that car. Thank you, Eric. Um, it's the... Looks like it might be a long evening for those guys. Uh, probably means they're... Well, let's, let's not say that. They, they may well be able to get that car back out. It will depend. Bodywork is one thing mechanical situation underneath the wheel arch is something different 
And it'll be whether there's been other damage done when that car ran down the wall. What it seems that hasn't happened, it, is, it hasn't been an acute angle that it's, uh, it's hit the wall and it's rather run into the wall and run down it from what we're being told. So it might not look very pretty on the right-hand side. Is it serviceable? That will be the question. So the clock continues to run uh, down towards 40, 40 minutes. We uh, don't stop the clocks for red flags in the practice sessions. It was actually a couple of races ago I did that stat. It's now co combined uh, 200, and, uh, excuse me, 605 starts between those four drivers in this championship. Actually, you, you, you know, Owen made his debut back in, tw in, t in t 2002, but his teammate, uh, Hugh Plum, uh, started in the championship a year earlier, uh, and he's raced every year since then. He's the only driver. I think he's the only one to have raced in, in all every single season of this championship since, since 2001 when it was taken over by Grand Am. There were various other iterations before that, as you suggest, as a motor World Cup. There was a faster and Firehawk Challenge um, and various other things. But since Grand Am, the, the, the modern era, if you like, of this championship dates to 2001, and uh, he's been there. So the that's 22 been years. years. Yeah. Wow. You raced in Firestone Firehawk, didn't I you? I did, yeah. Yeah, I did a few races there. Did a, one or two in these as well. But the last one I did was... But Ohio, I suppose. The Lexus. Very nice. Yeah, it's good fun. And that was a while ago, wasn't it? Yikes. <laughs> yes. See, you do things like that, like I do, and go, yeah, just a, a little while ago. Uh, hang on a minute. That was eight years ago. That was 11 years. Somebody was talking something about something that happened 11 years ago uh, to me yesterday. recently. And I, <laughs> and I was talking about, oh, yes, we remember when we did so-and-so. Yeah, that was 11 years ago, I know. Uh, really? Right. Okay. It, in fact, actually... 11 years ago, came up the other day, you and I, not a million miles from where we're sitting now, and the uh, battle between the Muscle Milk and uh, Guy Smith in the uh, Dyson, Dyson the, the open top and the closed top cars, uh, the last few laps of the race, and somebody posted that again. Uh, recently, 11 years ago, that was Jeremy, and I remember it as if it was yesterday. That whole race had been boiling up to that last stint between uh, Klaus and Guy Smith. Just incredible. Go and look it up if you haven't seen it. Uh, a, a last, actually, probably the last six or seven laps, but certainly the last two laps were phenomenal as they were carving their way through traffic and the punch and counter punch between them as they were going round the uh, the last lap. Uh, I'll reminisce gently on that uh, while Adam talks to Christian Shimchak as we go back, Greg. Yeah, sitting up here on the Penske pit box, actually, it's not a bad view. And uh, Eric Foss is here too. He's lost his voice. And Christian Simchak, we called an MX-5 race a little bit earlier on. You guys both have a lot of MX-5 experience as far as winning those championships. But as far as GT4 racing is concerned, can you learn anything as far as the racecraft goes from what we saw in that race? Oh, wow, that's a tough one. I think maybe not a lot. And that makes five series is a lot different than when I raced it way back when. It was way less action. I don't know. If I, if I think you threw me in that, that pile of people, I might die. I don't know. Something, well, something I'm pushing for a uh, championship race where we get all the former series champions in cars together. I think that would be a lot of fun. Would you be up for that? I absolutely would. Sign me up. 
Love it. All right, we've got a couple of drivers in for that, John. Now, coming back to this weekend, Christian, it's been a little bit of while off since we last saw everybody race at CTMP. Back to Road America, though, it's a very Mercedes-friendly track. You guys, championship leader with Marilla Racing. You feeling like, hey, maybe maybe this one will be a good one for us, too? I hope so. Um, yeah, I think we've, we've been good here in the past, and I think our car kind of likes it here with all the twists and turns. It likes that stuff. Um, the new pavement's quite a quite a, a big variable, so we're just trying to figure that out. But I think um, it's it's looking good so far. So try to put our best foot forward and see if we can get something good. How hard is it to come back to a track that you know so well that you've raced on so many times, and all of a sudden it's completely different? You know, it's kind of sad actually because you you get used to the old track, and the old track I had a lot of character. I mean, the, this the new pavement is great. But the old track had so much like nuance and like stuff going on with it, the different like pavements around and, 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 and required like a real technique to be able to get around here. So it changes the track really, really dramatically. So it's kind of like you, you have to leave that old track behind and get used to this new one. And it's, it's really good, but it's a totally different animal. So it's kind of like you're, you know, you're, you have to leave that one behind and, and get used to the new. So it's, it's, it's definitely an experience. It's a learning experience for sure. The one you're enjoying? Oh, for sure, absolutely. Always, always enjoy being at the racetrack. There's never a dull moment. Good luck this weekend, Christian. Thank you, Shay. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think this is we 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 growing momentum for this race of MX5 champions, the Edomitsu race of MX5 champions. Uh, the the momentum is growing for that. Quite a few former champions have now got teams in the current championship. Yeah. There's a, quite a lot of people who've progressed through into other parts of uh, IMSA racing. And I can think of about probably half a dozen at least that we could get into a match race for maybe a charity prize pot. pot. I, I'm, I'm sheer start at this, and I'm now trying to develop this into something that we. <laughs> yeah. Who pays for crash damage? Though? That's well, the, uh... I think right. I think crash damage is is then that becomes a part of the donation to charity. So if you cause damage, you pay for your damage and then the same amount right. to your charity to try and stop people running into each other. There you go. <laughs> great character, Christian Schumjack. Just a, a really cool guy. And you know, great to see him get finally get that first win uh, under his belt. He and, uh, and Kenny Murillo uh, just a few races ago. And yeah, that, that, was, that was really cool because those two are just uh, great guys. I remember, I remember Christian when he started off doing the, the Barber Dodge Pro Series way, way back. And just, just a tremendous character and, uh, and a heck of a race car driver as well. And given what Shea was saying about the interest from IndyCar drivers as well, we can, we can let a restricted number of IndyCar drivers come in for a buy-in for, <laughs> uh, for the charity as well. I think, uh, I think we're making something of this at the, the end of the... We're giving ourselves more work, potentially. Uh, there's something in this somewhere. I'd, I, just need to, I just need to refine, refine the idea. I, I did... And quite a few years ago, we go back to the compression of time thing. Quite a few years ago now, at the end of what was the uh, Audi TT Cup in Europe, uh, Audi came up with an idea of putting all their driver legends in the TT Cup cars at the end of the TT Cup season. So it was uh, out in Germany, supporting the DTM as it, as it did. Um, and they got all their... Uh, quite a majority of their old drivers and people like Mark Werner, Frank Stippler was there, Frank Beeler, Dindo Capello, Tom Christensen, and, 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 and. And they were allowed to practice the cars 
um, very carefully uh, because it was the last round of the championship that week, weekend. And then post the last round of the championship, they got their own race. It wasn't, there was two races. It wasn't carnage at all. Of course it was. And uh, Tom Christensen took about four people out on the first corner. And Frank Stippler uh, was the man who absolutely blitzed them. And there's your quiz, there's your quiz question for, uh, for that. Good, good drivers came out of that TT Cup as well. And one of them, Shea Adam, is here this weekend. Okay, Jeremy and John, here is your trivia question. We have a champion of the Audi TT Cup racing in WeatherTech in the GTD class. Who is it? Oh. I've narrowed it down a bunch for you. Yeah, you have. Um, need to get the... Super Mario didn't win it, did he? Nope, he did not. No, he didn't. In WeatherTech, did you say? In WeatherTech. Okay. GTD. GTD. Uh, scanning. Uh, <laughs> scanning the brain or the entry list? I'm scanning the entry list. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Phil Ellis. It was Phil Ellis. Yes. 2017, oh. I think it was. Well done. Oh, that was, uh, I wouldn't have got, I don't think I would have got it without looking at the entry list. I wouldn't have got it just from, from memory. But uh, yeah, Phil Ellis. Good start, that Shea. It is a good one. Very good. Ding, ding, ding. Shea wins the start. I would, I would send you a nice scream if I had one, but I don't. So yeah, we just walk past the concession stand over there. People walk, walking around with ice creams. Oh shoot! No, don't. Cones, yeah. Don't. Damn. Lovely. Thirty-one minutes, thirty-one seconds to go, and we are back underway uh, without the Aston Martin of Owen Trinklet. Uh, not sure where their uh, paddock spot is. Well, the car has been recovered into the back of the paddock. Um, Shea's going to have a quick look over there and see what the extent of the damage is whilst the cars get back up to speed. And they get back up to speed pretty quickly. There's a couple of uh, changes at the top, including right at the very top. Yeah, it just went from 32nd, because I was just I saw he was on a quick, quick lap, to first. That would be Scott Andrews in a Lone Star Racing Mercedes, car number 27. He was quick this morning, ended up uh, with the uh, fifth fastest time this morning. Um, and uh, he's just gone fastest. 214.665 for Scott Andrews. So that eclipses the best that was said a little while ago by Diego Azar in car number 14. He's handed over that car to Marco Galanti, the former rally driver from Paraguay, who's getting himself up to speed. Not sure how much uh, uh, track racing he's done, but I know he's done a lot of rallying, had a lot of success in South America. Wouldn't be the first uh, rally not. driver to uh, do well. Uh, Luis Perez Compank, I think, of uh, in that. Uh, you had multidiscipline drivers going back down through the years. Probably one of the best, if not the best, was Vic Elford, who would drive anything. Uh, more recently, uh, Stefan Sarazan, former WEC and Le Mans driver for Toyota Gazoo Racing, uh, was winning coefficients three and two races in the European Rally Championship. Very adaptable behind the wheel. Uh, Colin McRae, God rest his soul, raced at Le Mans. Uh, 
and uh, of course the irrepressible and still impressive Sebastian Loeb uh, raced at Le Mans a couple of times so not beyond and we had a Le Mans uh, another Le Mans driver recently um, who was ex-WRC didn't we there's been a few down through the years who've gone one way or t'other or done both at the same time Rally Finland this weekend based at Ivascula uh, coming off the back of Estonia two very quick gravel rallies uh, Elvin Evans was uh, leading that for Toyota the last time I checked in on that yesterday I'm caught up with that today just absolutely incredible wow. I, I'm, I'm in, always impressed with the onboards from sports car racing um, the onboards from rally quite quite frankly even with the smaller engine cars but the hybrid now and on these fast flowing gravel rallies um, it doesn't impress me it actually scares me watching it unbelievable uh, she is at the uh, the second row, I think, of the paddock. Yeah. And the flatbed tow truck has just got there with the damaged Aston Martin Vantage GT of TGM. What's the what's the scenario, Shea? Do your best insurance assessors report. What bits are we going to need? Uh, if we look at the left side of the car, it's not terrible. The tire is completely missing from the left front, so not sure if it was a hub failure or if it was just a tire letting go, um, but that has caused the damage to the car. The left rear is okay. The right rear looks a little bit questionable, and then you walk all the way around to the right side, and it's bad it's very bad john um there's denting around the right side of the rear wheel but the worst part is the front i see bare frame oh really yeah um the engine compartment the, the wheel is completely missing from the right front is, so the, upright, the hub is gone as well the upright's still there or the upright's gone as well uh well there's something hanging way down that's huh. not an upright though owen's here owen do you mind sorry to do this to you bud what happened yeah, I don't know. Uh, coming down into turn five, we just had a uh, had a failure, I think, on the left front. I mean, went to the brake pedal. I think darted right completely on me. So I'm not sure. We'll kind of figure out what happened. But I hate it for the team. I mean, nothing we kind of did wrong. But um, I don't know if we just lost the left front. But I was looking at uh, tire pressures were looking good coming down to five. Nothing was giving me any issue. And then went to the brake pedal and found the wall. So uh, uh, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Car can be fixed and. Uh, We'll, we'll see what happens here so we can get back together. Guys are assessing it right now, but uh, we'll keep moving forward. Is this one of those things where you're almost happy it's happened now because there's so much time to prepare for the race tomorrow? Yeah, we've got a long time. I mean, we've got a backup car in the truck, too. So, I mean, if we got to if we got to roll it out, you know, we'll work with them. So whatever we need to do to, to roll that car, another 64 car sitting in the truck. And, um, yeah, obviously we want to make the race tomorrow afternoon. we got quite a bit of time. And uh, I hate that we're just going to miss some time for Ted, but he's, he did a great job the first session. And, uh We'll see what happens later on. Most important thing is you're okay, and you're walking around, you're smiling, you still feel okay. Yeah, I feel great. Thanks for the AMR guys. I mean, everybody here at IMSA, they do a great job, safety and, and Aston, and everybody that builds the GT4 cars completely uh, do a great job because obviously this is a really fast track, and that, that's a top speed, you know, coming down into turn five. And, I mean, that happened immediately. As soon as I went to the brake pedal, 
And uh, so thank everybody for all the safety work that they do and the medical staff here. I actually beat the car back uh, and stuff. They checked me out and everything's good. I'm, I feel great. Um, a little disgusted, you know, as far as just for our team and stuff. And I don't, I don't want to create any more work for the boys because we got the 46 cars probably running pretty good too. And um, to see if we can make the race tomorrow. See if the other car can go get pulled now. Thanks for talking to us. Uh, no problem. Thank you guys. Uh, quality stuff from Owen Trinkler. The, probably the last thing he, he wants uh, is to have to talk about that. Uh, but the pro that he is, Jeremy, uh, very Absolutely. succinct, gave us the, the rundown. Good news is is fine. Sounds like he feels that that is fixable. Um, maybe not for qualifying today, but uh, they'll give it their best. We know oh, that. That the, is a team. Well, the good news is uh, qualifying is last thing today. Oh, it is, isn't it? Oh, right. Yeah. So... Qualifying is uh, later on this afternoon at uh, last thing on the track at 5.40. Uh, excuse me, no. At uh, 5 o'clock this afternoon. 5 o'clock this afternoon. So they have got some time to uh, be able to get that car back together, Jeremy. Yeah, and... Um but that, that's a scary moment coming down the hill there and the, the car just turns sharp right. I mean, it's not the first time that's happened to anybody here, but it's a, a frightening place to have that sort of a failure. I mean, you're going, coming downhill, uh, one of the fastest parts of the racetrack, uh, and then to be kind of a passenger um, once once it goes wrong, whatever it might be, is uh, not, not, not fun at all. So uh, hats off there for to Owen for giving us his viewpoint on what happened there, scary though it was. And I'm sure that team will be working hard now to try and fix it and get it out again, hopefully for, for qualifying. They've had a, as uh, we heard, they've had a you know, up and down season, probably more downs than ups. But it would be good to bounce back from this with a, with a strong result. And those drivers with all the experience, they can certainly yeah, muscle like car to a good finish tomorrow. In really good luck, by the way, by uh, Tim Lewis Jr. in the number five uh, TMR engineering with the K KMW uh, Alfa Romeo, uh, two minutes seventeen point three zero eight was the time set by Tim Lewis. The qualifying lap record for TCR was a one nineteen, uh, excuse me, two nineteen point seven, and he did a two minutes seventeen point four, so two and a quarter seconds faster than the lap record. The quickest time this morning was by. Uh, by uh, oh, Chris Miller, apparently, not Michael mm. Taylor, at a 2.17.6. So he's gone quick, even quicker than that uh, this afternoon as Tim Lewis Jr. He's now handed that car over to Roy Block, who's just left the pit lane, uh, with 22 minutes remaining in this second free practice session. BMW, Mercedes, Toyota, right up there. Nice job for the GR Supra, GT4 Evo. BMW. In fourth, Porsche fifth, Aston sixth, Mercedes seventh, yeah, Porsche problem, eighth, yeah. Chevy ninth, Mercedes tenth. Still haven't seen that Ford Mustang crack the top ten. Um, we had, I think, all of the manufacturers in the top 13 in the first session. There's still a ways to go here, as Jeremy mentioned. So they close that up a little bit. This is a longer circuit, so you know we're not expecting to see the whole field separated by three-tenths of a second. It's not beyond the bounds of possibility, in fairness. The gap between first and second is a third of one-tenth of a second. Uh, that's as close as you're going to get it, to be honest. Uh, and around here, that's 
maybe the gap between the front bumper and the centre of the front wheel. Maybe that. Uh, around f just over four miles. And in TCR, the Alpha leads two Honda Civic FL5s from the first of the Hyundais. That's the Audis in this session that aren't towards the front. And those two uh, Honda Civic FL, oh. FL5s, the newer cars, uh, sp splitting the drivers for this weekend. So Matt Pombo has just set that time in number 73 car. His erstwhile teammate, Ryan Eversley, driving number, th number 37. So they'll have uh, different co-drivers for uh, the race this weekend. Uh, and did you say that was trying to change the I, look I, of the car? I, I, I saw Ryan, but he was talk chatting to somebody else. So I didn't get a chance to talk to him about it uh, yet. But um, I'm presuming it's just trying to change their luck. Uh, and uh, was did I see that there was a slight ride height adjustment for those cars this weekend? Um, it's one of the way that the one of the ways that IMSA technical team yeah. balance performance they, 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 they changed the en the engine map a little bit I oh, think okay. they gave them a little bit less power than they had before uh, but but they also gave them they, they allowed them to reduce the height right height a little bit on the uh, on the so, you know bring it give it a bit more uh, effects from the aerodynamics than was previously the case so they take away take away a little bit and give us a little bit on the other on the other side that's generally what they're trying to do rather than making wholesale big uh, changes to the cars. I think that was the only change in uh, TCR. You know, yeah, and because they took away a little bit of power, the um, the, ref the fuel tank size was reduced a little bit as well uh, by a couple of litres. I hear you, uh, one or two of you saying, hang on, they reduced the fuel tank size, so they had to take out the fuel tank and put a new fuel tank in. What actually you do is the fuel tank is almost always oversized. It'll come from the manufacturer. Let's say for argument's sake, it comes with a 100-litre tank, um, and which is not unusual for sports car racing. Actually, GT3 sometimes have up to 130-litre tanks. Um, well, let's say TCR's got a 100-litre tank uh, in endurance spec, and IMSA might say, right, we're only going to allow you... 92 litres. You don't have to take the tank out. What you do is back at the shop, you do a bit of measuring and work out if you have really got 100 litres in there, pump fuel in, pump fuel out. And then you put some, what effectively, look like ping pong balls or something like that. So it, it looks like a, a kiddie's ball pit in miniature if you could see through the fuel tank. And you know the volume of each of those little ping-pong ball-style things that you put in. You calculate that, you put it in, uh, and that reduces the volume. Now, it isn't um, foolproof um, because volume is uh, sensitive to temperature change. Uh, so it is measured by volume but quite often you talk about weight of fuel as well so in formula one for example uh, you'll hear them not talk about how many liters it is but how many kilograms it is uh, and it's not exactly one liter to one kilogram either um, 
But if you talk about weight, weight is constant whilst volume is not. It caught out, cost Ben Keating a Le Mans victory, actually, with the Ford GT. Uh, because the post-race scrutineering, uh, they managed, they um, measured the fuel tank by volume and not by weight. And he was found to be over by volume. Uh, however, it was measured in a much hotter uh, day on the Monday or the Tuesday after the race than uh, they had been scrutineered. So that's why you have to be a bit careful talking about fuel tanks and volumes and weights. But that's how they do it. It's not as if they're ripping out the fuel tank and each team and manufacturer has a range of fuel tanks. Hello, can I have the 72-litre fuel tank this weekend, please? Ah, yes, we'll have one of those for you. Here we are. Strap that one in. It's not how it works. And it is up to the teams to ensure that their full volume is correct for these slight changes. There'll be a couple of litres here, a couple of litres there. It's not going to be excessive. You don't normally see much more than probably four or five litres, Jeremy, do you? Uh, that would be quite a big change, actually. Yeah, yeah, they're, ge they're generally just uh, a few litres here and there. Uh, although the, the BMW is actually, um, their fuel tank has been reduced twice this season, first by 11. Well, that is quite uh, big. And then by six as well. So that wow. was, that was no, quite, that is quite major, major yeah. changes. Um, the McLaren was brought down by 16 and then added up by nine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's various tweets, depending on the, on the power stick, as, it, as it's called, the sort of the uh, ECU they're allowed to run, the, the engine mapping determines how much horsepower they have, basically, and the various set maps, and uh, the, the uh, BOP uh, can adjust, that, you know, uh, ask you to run a different map, which might give you a little bit uh, more, a little bit less power, and as a result, therefore, you'll use a little bit more or less fuel. I, I find all of that fascinating, yeah. um, and when I get the opportunity to talk to IMSA Technical in particular, because they collect probably more data than anybody else in reference to that. We, we're not just sticking a finger up in the air here or looking at the lap times. They're looking at sector times, at micro sector times. They're looking at total performance potential. What is the perfect lap? How many times did they get close to the perfect lap? Etc., uh, etc. Et and the amount of parameters that you can look at and data that you can look at now provided by the teams and provided by IMSA's own sensors as well on the cars. We, who were we talking to yesterday? Harry Tinknell was talking about the work that had been done on the GTP Porsche 963 from uh, Proton Competition. The WeatherTech-sponsored 59 car had been racing in the FIA WEC. Trucked across here, floored across here, uh, and is here for the rest of the season now. And the big job that Proton had to do was to change, you heard him talking about he had to put the IMSA loom in. That's the IMSA uh, monitoring loom for the technical side of things, for the IMSA uh, specific and independent sensors, etc. Red flag. And it's the number 15 car that's gone off at turn 12. Moments after Kenton Cook drove the uh, Random Vandals Racing BMW out of his pit box. Yeah. Uh, Paul Sparta just brought that car in, and anybody standing uh, over the pit wall had to duck because he, he brought he pulled his seat insert out because Kenton is quite a bit taller than Paul and just flung it in the dir general direction of the uh, of the of the uh, of the pit lane. Uh, 
every, behind, you know, over the pit wall. And uh, there's not anybody. It. It's quite there's, funny. there's not very many people who are anywhere near the height of. Well, that's true. Of Kent and Cook. <laughs> uh, so, which car did I say that was? Um, fifteen. I don't that's think we've got a fifteen, have we? Oh, no, it's Rockwell. Of course it is. Oh, yeah, Dan Dupont. Yeah. Well, that's unusual uh, as well. Uh, let's uh, go to pit lane whilst we have the opportunity with cars coming back in. Things have gone quiet on the track uh, with 13 minutes to go. Shea Adam. Down here in the L.A. Honda world. See what I did there? Um, Matt Pombo. Very good. Different driver lineup for you guys this weekend. Is it because you just can't stand sharing a car with Ryan Eversley? <laughs> well, no. I mean, honestly... Mario and LA Honda World and HPD Jazz, I mean, they've been fantastic. You know, we got this new car, which we didn't really know at the beginning we were going to be doing. And so we came in with it uh, in our third race. Ryan and I have been fast in it, and, you know, I think it's developed. So we want to try to put more of a traditional lineup. Uh, we've had, Ryan and I have had terrible luck this year. So we think maybe Jobu didn't do it last, last race. So maybe splitting us up, um, letting us kind of help each other out at the end. I, I don't know. We're... We're kind of searching down here for a little bit of luck. We've been fast. Um, you know, can't thank the team enough. They put in a lot of effort. I feel like we've learned a lot about this new car. It's a great customer car. Um, I think it should sell a lot of cars. It's very easy to drive compared to the last one. So, um, you know, Jazz and HPD gave us a good product. We just had to tune some things and figure it out. And there's really no magic other than just try something different. Well, you just said something that threw up a red flag in my head. You said at the end. Does that mean you're not going to be going for another pole position today? No. <laughs> Well, if I could from finishing, I would. But, you know, Mike Lamar, is a, he's, an, he's an animal. So I would throw Mike up there, uh, you know, as well. Will's been here. Um, his gaps close fast. So I think he just needs laps. We're in a red flag right now. Unfortunately, we just put Will in again. So um, hopefully he'll get to do some laps here. And then we can, uh, you know, see. But, yeah, no pull for me probably the rest of the year if this day, if this lineup and what the team wants to do. So. Matt Pombo, the closer. I think we're going to have to get used to that. All right, talk a little bit about this surface and how it's been relating for you guys in the FL5. Yeah, I mean, look, front-wheel drive's a little easy. I mean, this new surface has got so much grip online. They've had some a few races to grip up the, the, the line. You get off and you lose a little grip. I think that's why we've seen a few cars hit the wall in some weird places this weekend from WeatherTech all the way to us. And, you know, front-wheel drives get no grip and you lose the nose. Rear-wheel drives get no grip under power and they spin out and hit stuff. So... I feel a little bit luckier than them here this weekend. Um, car's super fast. It's smooth. I mean, Road America's done awesome. I went down and checked out the new outside of the carousel. They've got shade down there. I mean, they've really done – this place is one of my favorites, but they've really uh, upped the game. So I uh, encourage everyone to come see if they can. I heard there's a taco truck out there now too. There is. So, Dad, I texted him a picture of the taco truck, you know, Dad being from Mexico and our Mexican heritage. I was like, Dad, they got tacos at Road America. So, you know, tacos are going everywhere, it seems like, which is good because we love good authentic tacos. Maybe that's the lucky charm to get you back to the top step of the podium. Matt, good luck this weekend. Thanks, Shay. Taco truck at the kink. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so long as you're not visiting it when you're supposed to be driving there. You don't want to be slowing down. That's... Uh, uh, Rockwell Auto Development's Audi under flat toe uh, and already uh, in through the cutout to the turn at uh, the back of turn five, uh, straight out of the back of turn 13. So we are green flag and running again. And I think it was the Chevy Camaro that went out first. Uh, no, it wasn't actually. It was Sean Quinlan. Uh, and Kenton Cook's gone out as well pretty quickly with just uh, under 10 minutes to go. So, again, not sure there was damage there. Keep an eye open for that car coming back onto 
the pit lane. We had an Audi run out of fuel this morning. And we'll keep an eye open for that returning to the pit lane, should it do so. But that was another efficient clean-up by Track Services and Recovery. Thank you again to all the ladies and gentlemen who give their time and work so very hard to get us back racing as quickly as possible. Uh, penalties coming for the number 17 Audi and for the number 74 Hyundai. Shay Adam, can you guess what those penalties were for? Uh, did they leave their pit box too soon? No, the 17, um, they came and sat at the pit exit. So did they leave their pit box after the red flag had come out? Correct. Oh, that's a big no-no. So but, but effectively, both of those cars, you were spot on. You get the 10 points, leaving the pit box early. And we've got a pit lane warning for the speed violation as well for the 98 Hyundai Elantra. That was Mark Wilkins. Oh, that's rare. Who took that car. Only one <laughs> kilometer per hour or kilometer. He's a Canadian. So, <laughs> well, yeah, he knows kilometers per hour. Share that. Um, that is a very rare penalty, though. That's the car that leads the championship, mm. and they don't often get on the wrong side of race control. It's one of the things here that we'll be talking about when we get through to race time for the Michelin Pilot Challenge and indeed for WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. So, when we're in Michelin Countdown to Green tomorrow, talking about our Porsche keys, the race penalties here because this pit road, Jeremy, is so long and you're on the pit lane speed limiter for so long, and the start-finish straight is so long and so fast, penalties here cost you a lot of real estate. Not a lap, because the lap is so long, but it is going to cost you a lot of track position if you have to uh, come in to serve a penalty. Yeah, that's right. So uh, don't, don't have to serve a penalty. Don't. That's exactly right. I mean, you, the less time you spend your pit lane uh, in any race is, is, uh, is the better. But, uh, yeah, penalties, particularly here, are something you want to avoid. But you also, by the same token, you want to make sure you, you have enough fuel to get uphill in that last stretch of the race as well because uh, we've seen that bite several drivers over the years. Number 14, Toyota Gazoo Racing, GR Racing, Supra. The GT4 Evo, Diego Azar brought that car in. Very distinctive uh, very distinctive colourway on that car that goes right across the Toyota Gazoo racing projects and programmes around the world, whether it's GT4 or World Endurance Championship or indeed the uh, indeed the World Rally Championship that we were talking about earlier on, with that red, white and black. GR standing for Gazoo Racing. Gazoo had this asked again recently. I mentioned it earlier on in the season, actually. Gazoo uh, was a, a, a brainchild of the top man at Toyota, who's actually just stepping aside this year, Akio Toyoda. And many years ago now, over a decade ago, I would say, he decided it would be a good idea to start selling cars on the internet with pictures. And so it was a forerunner of all of the online networks that you see now. Started it in Japan only, and it did take off to a degree, uh, but it was miles ahead of its time. And the website was called Gazoo, 
and when they went into racing he decided to to port that across we used to talk about in the old days toyota uh, team europe tte who did a lot of work on the rally cars and the group b cars but gr now gazoo racing is the overarching motorsport program from the mighty toyota and various versions of road cars with the GR moniker as well, including the new GR Supra, which is a mighty machine uh, built in small numbers, but very, very good value for money. Uh, we've got the smaller hatchbacks as well with the GR versions, which are pretty extreme and uh, highly sought after, certainly in the, the UK and Europe. Not sure they're all available over here in the States. But it, uh, it is to, I suppose GR now, is to uh, Toyota as uh, the Quattro brand would be to Audi or AMG to Toyota, Alpine, Alpina to BMW, possibly even the M brand for BMW, actually. They're building the reputation of that through motor racing. Uh, into the pits for the quickest car, Cameron Lawrence, back in in the number 95 BMW. It is a AMG GT GT4 in second place. Anton Diaz Pereira is out in the number 27. Then Marco Galanti has just gone out in that Toyota yeah, Supra. I think they made two driver changes during the session because I'm pretty sure it was Diego who started for sure because he was set the, the fastest time. Uh, and then Marco Galanti got in for the middle sector. Uh, and now uh, Diego is going in to go in again for the final few minutes of this uh, second practice session. So that car's remaining in the third position on the charts overall. It's BMW at the top. As you said, at camera launch. I think it was Robert McGuinness who set that time, but I might might be wrong. Apologies if I am. But that, that's the, car, the fastest car, number 95, tournament sport BMW. Then the Lone Star uh, Mercedes, it was... Scott Andrews is set that time, and then it's that Toyota in third position. So BMW, Mercedes, Toyota, then the best of the Aston Martins. Michael Cooper has just jumped up into fourth position in the uh, number 44 car. That is the accelerating performance Aston Martin. He's going to be sharing, not with Moise Uretsky, who's a regular co-driver in that car, but Patrick Gallagher uh, alongside him this weekend. And then it's uh, another Mercedes with Christian Shimjak at the wheel, the championship leader in fifth position for Murillo Racing in car number 72. In TCR, it is the, it, the Alpha, Giulietta. Giulietta Ver, Veloce, actually. TCR. Uh, from the Honda, number 73. First, the LA Honda World Cars. 91 Hyundai. Brian Ortiz brought that car back in the pits in third, third position. Third, yeah, be just before he pitted. Correct. So that's the, as high as we've seen at Hyundai. Alpha, Honda, Hyundai, Honda, Hyundai, Honda, Hyundai, Hyundai, Hyundai. Make a song out of that, can you? Drop that beat, I think is what the kids would say nowadays. Yeah, and, and switching from a Hyundai to a Hyundai this weekend <laughs> is uh, Victor Gonzalez chatting to him about that uh, just a little while ago. And uh, he did offer, his regular driver this season has been Carl Whitmer, from Canada, and he did offer Carl the opportunity to carry on, but Carl wants to 
re retain his relationship with uh, with Honda so he uh, turned down an opportunity and um, it's going to be a, a different driver probably for the rest of the season but it's Christian Pericarpi who uh, Victor has known for the last several years racing in in SRO uh, who's given the opportunity to this weekend and Christian super grateful he spoke to Shay Adam this morning and it's really really cool to hear uh, he how, how grateful he was and, and how enthusiastic he was to get this opportunity to drive uh, Team talking uh, to Shay earlier on said Tyler Gonzalez for the uh, rest of the season there, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, improvements last time around for Bryce Ward in the number 57 AMG GT4. And still a couple of cars, obviously, that we're not going to see again. Denny DuPont, that car toured back, yet to find out what ailed the number 15 Audi. And the number 64 Aston being worked on in the paddock already by Team TGM's engineers after a bizarre incident that saw a problem on the left front for Owen Trinkler. He just set his fastest lap and was still pushing on fairly early in his stint. And the car hitting the wall right side going down to turn five, driver's right side of the car to the right side wall and doing some damage, quite a bit of damage to the right front corner of that car. Checkered flag is out. So that is the end of practice for Mission and Pilot Challenge. We will see them a third time today and that will be in the two qualifying sessions which comes up at the end of today. So they are our final track action this afternoon here at Road America, America's National Park of Speed. Two 15-minute sessions starting at 5 o'clock. And we'll be on air for that about five minutes beforehand. We've got qualifying in sound and vision to come for the WeatherTech Championship. And that comes up next. Shea Adams watching driver change practice down at Alfa Romeo. They are the best of the TCRs uh, ahead of the 73 Honda and the 91 Hyundai. And at the top, it's BMW number 95 from the AMG GT4 number 27 and the Toyota GR Supra number 14. Just checking to make sure no one is improving on this final lap. There have been a few. Gregory Leofug uh, went a little bit quicker for his BMW. Uh, one or two further down the field as well as they come to the line. Qualifying next then for IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Don't go too far away. We have WeatherTech qualifying coming up live in sound and vision here in the US and around the world next on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.